Hey there. Welcome to Twins Talk Clear-Cut Communication. Yes, we are twins. And yes, we are two old guys who should know better than to try to tackle the topic of communication in a podcast. But we're going to do it anyway, and hopefully you'll find it informative and maybe even enjoyable. Hey, we're coming to you from Westfield, Indiana, the home of Dr. Ray Husband and his last station stop for leaving us for the other side of the kingdom. This will be our final podcast of Twins Talk, and it is intended to be a tribute to Ray. We hope to celebrate his life and maybe even give a cheap shot or two. Ray wouldn't have it any other way. I have 15 of Ray's dearest friends from all over the country, and we've been having a delightful time just getting caught up. But I would like for the listening audience to get just a quick background and introduction to these folks. Two of the folks currently live in the Seattle uh Washington area, Jeff Troutman and Tim Beyer, two dear friends from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Wendell Lawson and Dan Young, an executive colleague and possibly Ray's male soulmate is from Portland, Maine, James McCain. Several former students from Spring Arbor College, and when I say from, that was better than 50 years ago, Scott Rowley, Howard Tryon, Philip Mead, Jeff Rowley, and Bob Imhoff. Some colleagues and brothers by different mothers from Youth for Christ days in Rockford, Illinois, are Mark Kendall and Mike West and Rich Dombrowski. And finally, there are two of us reaching all the way back to high school days, Steve Anzer and me, Bob Husband. Did I miss anyone? Should I have missed someone? Folks who had already <laughs> decided we wish they weren't here. <laughs> We're okay to go ahead? I don't know about Anzer being an Ohio State fan. I just don't know about that. And Andrew can push back, so you got to be careful there, Imhoff. <laughs> Been there, done that. Except Ray would have agreed with us that Ohio State fans are suspect, for sure. Well, Ray always was disappointed in the use of the word the in front of Ohio State. <laughs> right, Swaz, didn't he give you what for several times over that? He did, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what we want this to be today is a conversation. Not a eulogy, not a series of long talks, but to have fun to celebrate and commemorate Ray's life and legacy. But to get it started, I thought I'd ask just a couple of questions. And the first one I was wondering if folks would respond to is, what's a word that comes to your mind when you think of Ray? I'll jump in, Bob. Scott Rowley, I don't want to get to be too spiritual about everything, but Ray's dialogue as a high school student, his ability to bring out of me my thoughts about God, really led me to believe and trust in Christ, which was the thing that changed my life completely. Brought me to Spring Arbor, where I met my wife of 49 years. So that's the guy who we're all talking about. I use the word faithfulness. He really remained faithful to me throughout our lives. Uh, Over all those years, he was a guy that remained faithful, forever grateful. Okay. Other words? The word is uplifting. Whenever I had a conversation with Ray, I always walked away from it feeling like a million bucks. There was a time where I had sent Ray a note, and he responded with, Tim, your message was like a refreshing glass of water in an otherwise very thirsty day. By the way, it might be helpful for us to mention our first name when we go ahead and make a comment. That was Tim Beyer. And Tim, that was a far cry from when 
Ray wrote me as a faculty member and saying, you know, faculty members are supposed to make sense. I, I, I didn't quite hit that same category for me. <laughs> One that might fit both, and a word that you probably all agree with is thought-provoking. Most conversations with Ray, you left feeling a little different about yourself and understanding a little bit more about the world. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Howard Tryon, the word I would use is greatest. There has never been a man in my life that had greater impact than Ray Husband. Wow. He was always there from the time when Jeff got him, our dads died. I remember Ray sitting in the library of Blue Hills and over Tim. And I was a senior and I turned to Ray, he hadn't come to Christ. And I said, Huz, how can I place my faith in Christ when in my own belief, I might be condemning my own dad to hell? Mm. And he looked at me and as only Ray could do, he said, how, even if your dad is in hell, where would he want you to be? All my life changed because Ray was there. Greatest impact of any man in my life was Ray Husband. You'd refer to him as the goat. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Mike West, you wanted in. What comes to my mind is just Ray's loyalty has been alluded to. When I came to Rockford and Ray and I were in dialogue, and I thought that Ray would have an opportunity here to really have a significant effect throughout the community. He told Carol and said, Carol, I think um, Mike wants me to come to Rockford. And if Mike wants me, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Rockford. So he and Carol had a very nice life in Lansing and, and came and moved here and and he, Carol, Nancy, and I became dear friends, did several trips. Ray was loyal, loyal over and over again. One of the fun trips that Ray and I took, Bob, you would appreciate this. We went to, uh, when your father was here, we went to, uh, Bob's dad was a professional umpire. And so he wanted to go to County Stadium to see that beautiful park in Milwaukee. So Ray and I took him. So Ray dropped Mr. Husband and I off at the gate. We waited for Ray. And as we were walking up to get our tickets, uh, someone yelled at us, do you three need tickets? And we said, yes. And Bob, your father's eyes got real big. We walked a little bit further and someone said, would you guys like to join us in a barbecue? And your dad's eyes got even bigger. (laughs) So by the time we got to the gate, we had three tickets and free food. We thought we were on cloud nine. These people in Milwaukee are the kindest baseball fans we'll ever want to meet. And we had a great day, and it was just a wonderful memory uh, that Ray and I shared. I, I loved Ray, and I miss Ray. Mm. Ray used to always say of my dad, umpiring was a perfect profession for him because he got to make a decision every three seconds, and he was always right. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, comes to that brings to mind for me one word that I think of when I think of Ray, and that's laughter, but it's coupled with humor. And his humor could be very wry and direct, but never hurtful. Mm. Uh, we had some good times laughing. I do remember one time, every week I'd go to Rockford, and on Friday morning, we'd get up and go and have breakfast at Stasha's. Just after several weeks, came up and said, you guys have been in here every Friday. Are you twins? And Ray said, that's very observant of you. Yes, we are twins, but we're twin sons of different mothers. <laughs> and she just could not fathom that. <laughs> but his sense of humor and his laughter is what I remember. Humor is good. Dan, love to have you jump in. Well, I think Scott mentioned faithfulness and dedication was one of the characteristics that I thought of. And when I think of that dedication, you know, I don't know that I've known a couple 
who were entwined for so long in such a caring marriage as he and Carol. Mm. I mean, they were high school sweethearts. Ray pointed to that with great fondness. His relationship with uh, Carol certainly was dedicated, and his family, mm. his dedication to his family, are just things that stood out for me. Robert, oh. that was my that was my word, family. Family. By the way, this is James McCain talking. Yeah, when I think of Ray, that one word is family. Mm. Uh, and it translates quickly into three words, right? Uh, Carol, Rebecca, and Matthew. Mm. Um, you know, I worked with Ray at five different places, but two of those were really long-term. And in both cases, he drove me completely crazy. I made him an offer to be a VP of a company, and it took him three weeks to actually accept the offer. And it was just an outstanding offer. It was a German company, and it was going to be starting from scratch. And yet he could not say yes until he was completely sure that it was going to be as good for Carol and Rebecca and Matthew as it was going to be for him. And then the, the next one was Oric, and he was with Oryx for seven years. But he had to be there three days a week for most week. And so he was going to be away from the family for a very long time, as he looked at it. And again, it took him weeks. <laughs> and it was all over trying to make sure that, in fact, what he was really doing was good for them. Because it was obviously going to be good for him. Yes. But there was no him and them with Ray. It, it was just family, his, his people. His family. Yes. How about those who have not yet had a chance to share? I'll chime in. This is Wendell. The, it's fascinating to me the words that you gentlemen have thrown out there because I totally agree with every single one of them. But another one that I would add is wise. Ray was one of the one of the wisest guys I've ever met. And uh, he had a, a uncanny ability to share his wisdom with others. Another thing I have to chime in, one of you guys mentioned, and I apologize for getting a little teary there, but uh, one of you mentioned loyalty and try to tell a quick story. I told you that Ray had worked as a consultant with our practice. I'd been there for 29 years. We respected his opinion so much. He was on our board as a non-physician board member just to help us stay on the right path. And unfortunately, after 29 years, it became evident I needed to leave the group and it doesn't really matter why, but I need to leave the group, but it was not under good circumstances. That evening, Ray called me and said he admired me for what I had done. And the next day, he turned in his resignation as uh, that board member because he said he could no longer work with a group that had treated somebody that way. That loyalty is something you don't see in many people. Mm -hmm. You look at our group, that loyalty spans 10 years, 30 yeah. years, 60 years. I mean, it just never stopped. And yeah. he just always told stories like what we've just talked about in such a loving, compassionate way. Yeah, I'm just unbelievable, the longevity you, of it. You knew that Ray had your back. And hearing your guys' stories about that and introducing Scott to Christ and just the things he did for you guys at school or in work or whatever. Dan and I have only had the privilege of knowing Ray for a few, relatively few years compared to you guys, but it, what a blessing. What a blessing. Mm -hmm. Jeff Rowley, I don't think we've heard from you or Jeff Troutman and Bob, I can't remember if we've heard from you, but we'd love to have you jump in. I'll jump in. I'm going to use foundational. You know, Ray had an ability to get you to think about things that were essential 
whether it's your faith or life. I never forget him doing this talk. We were both geometry teachers. He had this talk on the conformed versus the transformed life with circles and a triangle. And it was all about the God-shaped vacuum. It was a very powerful way of looking at what the gospel meant. And I ended up giving that talk in three of my geometry classes. And that was a catalyst for me beginning to meet with kids outside of school at a pizza shop. And I was forever grateful for Ray for his ability to bring a level of clarity to something like what does transformation versus confirmation look like? And to make it simple, but profound in its simplicity. He was good at that. Yeah. Yes. And Ray didn't mind stealing ideas from other people <laughs> and then yeah. and, and then reshaping them. So they really work, you know, Yeah. And particularly if he thought I can make this work better. I got a better <laughs> idea. On that one. I'll make that one work. Yeah. Jeff Rowley. When it comes to stealing ideas, I'll steal one from Jeff. He took a word transformational, transformational relationship. And I'm Scott Rowley's brother. I'm his older, better looking brother. And although your the audience can't tell, can they, Bob? Oh, they can't. They have no visual here. So my initial word was savior. Hmm. When I was 18 years of age, senior in high school, Ray came up to me in the high school and said, hey, Jeff, do you happen to know who Jesus Christ is? And I was not a churchgoer. I had limited information, but I said... Yeah, everybody knows Jesus is uh, the Son of God. And it was as if he pulled the pin on a hand grenade and rolled it at my feet. And he said, well, that's true, but do you know that he's alive today? And it took about five seconds, and pregnant pause just exploded in my brain. As I'm looking at him and listening to him, I'm thinking, if that's true, that changes everything in my life. So, yeah. I would say that uh, along with the idea that he is my savior relationally because Ray had responded to Scott and me when we made a, a phone call when he was 23 years old and our father had died and Ray got over to the house immediately, took us out to a big boy or the egg and I or someplace up in Pontiac and we stayed till about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't remember a word that he said. I just know that he was there for me. Yeah. Yeah. He changed my life. You know, Jeff, as you say that, and you certainly said it was such a, a great deal of genuine, authentic caring. I think Ray played that role in a lot of folks' lives as being the person that was there at that moment in time that really was central and critical. It was interesting because when we would talk, he wouldn't see himself in that light. And yet, nonetheless, he was, and he continued to be that. And then when he moved into the Oak Ridge area with Dan and James and Window, just by who he was, he became that again as a person mm -hmm. going to invest and be a part of people's lives. So I'm sure he would very much appreciate that. Bob, I'd like to say, uh, I don't have a word, but at the time I met Ray and you, mm -hmm. I hadn't met people that I wanted to be like, mm -hmm. that I thought, these guys know Christ, and I wanted to know Christ, but I wasn't too hip on it at that time. <laughs> but I was impressed with you and your crazy brother. I'll never forget the time when the two of you, for some crazy reason, invited me to go golfing with you. I think you were nuts. That was my first golfing experience and my last. 
And I'll never forget that, that when Ray hit that worm burner, he was so intensely competitive as an athlete through his club. And I'll never forget that. Which, by the way, Bob, is the reason why we invited you, because we were looking for someone who was worse than we were. And I think if I remember correctly that occasion, Ray had enough bad shots that he took a seven iron and slammed it into the fairway and bent yeah. it in half. And he, the rest of his life, he played without that seven iron. He never had a seven iron in his bag from that point forward. But I do remember at the end of the day, he had some wise counsel for me, and you added to it. You said, Bob, stick to soccer. <laughs> how about right. others? I don't know how many times we've used the word, but Ray was clearly a mentor to all of us, and all of our stories have really shown that And mm-hmm. in our discussion before. Where he was different was when he supported you, there was a reason. When he supported you, he wasn't just a cheerleader saying rah, rah, rah. He told you exactly what he saw in you. And that, I think, changed our lives. That's real different from other encouragers I've had in my life. And it was much more meaningful. And why I said thought-provoking, I feel different about myself when Ray supported me. And he did many times. And he did all of you. But in a very real way, in a concrete way, he didn't just say, you're good. He told you exactly what he saw in you. The last thing I'd like to say is that in working with Ray so much, that he made me look a lot better than I was. <laughs> That's a wonderful thought. Although I have to confess, James, that wasn't true all the time. Ray, Ray could make people look pretty bad in some of the consulting situations we were in. One of the questions we had that I found interesting to ask, I don't know if it's interesting or easy to answer, how you would characterize his legacy. Well, Bob, I'd like to respond, Howard, I'd like to respond. Each one of us carries that. Amen. For, for me, the word would be change. My life mm. changed immediately when I met Ray Husband. Mm. And it changed me. It changed the destiny of my life. It changed my eternity. It changed the type of woman I would marry. It changed in terms of the way I raised my kids, my grandchildren. All of my life changed because of Ray Husband. That's a wonderful picture. Amen. I would agree with that. You know, I think that speaks to Ray's legacy. When I was young in Hazel Park, the only thing I remember about the husbands were we were playing in someone's yard and somebody came and jumped over the fence and said, run, it's the husband brothers. And I, <laughs> there was someone, I didn't know them. I never even saw them. I took off. But I, I knew the name and I feared them. The next time I had an encounter with the husband brothers, it was at First Baptist Church in Hazel Park. And they were participating in Campus Crusade, and they came back from some Fort Lauderdale trip or some spring break trip, and they gave their testimony about Jesus Christ and about Campus Crusade. And what I left with was, I could call myself a card-carrying Catholic, but I didn't have, and I knew nothing about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And these guys, they not only spoke of it, but I could tell that they had that. And I left with the feeling... I want that. And it was probably a couple of weeks later at that same church, but Bob and Ray weren't there. And I made the decision to go forward. So I would say people enter your life that drastically change your life in some way. Although I wish I was still carrying that intimidation factor, Rich. I didn't realize that. I wish I'd have known that. I wish I'd have known that. 
Bob, I know we're we're getting close to the end. Though mm-hmm. another word that's related to legacy has to do with keeping it real. Ray kept it real. He had the humor. He had the smarts. He had that ability to connect with all of us. And as I look and listen to each one of these great guys, I can only imagine the people that all of you are influencing and you have influenced. And we can all say we share in this this wonderful idea that Ray influenced us in such a way, discipled us, mentored us, befriended us in such a way that we in turn are living out this life much like Ray did. So Mm -hmm. thanks, Bob. You know, even as I'm hearing this conversation and how it's unfolded, if you were sitting outside being an independent listener right now, you would be thinking, boy, I wish that this would be said of me someday. And I think what we're doing today is 15 people are giving witness to a life well-lived, to a life that had a huge impact. A final statement, Ray. This podcast is not only about you, but it's for you. We love you, and we miss you. The twins are done talking for today. Now it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you with feedback regarding today's theme or a situation you'd like us to step into during a future session. You can reach us at twintalk 46 at gmail.com. Remember, no communication problem is so big, so complicated, or so intense that we can't make it larger, more complex, or more dangerous than it already is, almost effortlessly. And we'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the score that both began and ended this podcast.